0: I'm Tanvi Nasir and this is Leadership Biz Cafe, a podcast that provides insights and tools to help leaders take on the challenges and opportunities found in leading today's workplaces. Leadership Biz Cafe is brought to you by Tanvi Nasir Leadership, our leadership firm that offers keynotes and corporate trainings in both virtual and in-person settings that will help you to improve the way you lead and guide your organization's growth and future successes. To find out how we can help you today with your leadership challenges and discover your untapped opportunities, visit our website at tavanaseer.com. And with that, it's time to warm up the espresso machine and brew up another leadership espresso shot. If you've attended one of my leadership keynotes or workshops, you know how much I love to share stories from which I can share insights or a new way to look at things to help attendees do better as leaders. Sometimes the story is about a renowned leader. Other times it could be about an employee who commits to delivering their best because they've been inspired by their leader and the workplace environment they promote and nurture. But for this Leadership Espresso Shot, I'd like to share with you a story about my oldest daughter. In a few months, she's going to be graduating from university and has already landed her first real job as a professional. And as an understandably proud dad, I've been reminiscing about my daughter and all the things she's learned along the way that has helped her get to this point in her life. And not just those moments of success that a proud parent loves to share, but also those failures, both big and small, that help shape her understanding about how to adapt and change in response to those setbacks she's bound to experience. One moment I remember well was when my wife and I signed up our three daughters for swimming lessons during the summer break. For one of their lessons, my daughter's swim teacher asked the students in her class to swim the length of the pool and then toss a ball into the basketball net. One by one, the kids took their turns swimming across the pool and attempted to varying degrees of success in getting the ball into the net. When it was my daughter's turn, she swam towards the basketball net and stopped to one side to take her shot. On her first try, she bounced the ball off the rim of the net. In her next shot, she tried to throw the ball with more force, which ended up sending the ball past the net and over to the other side. Although she tried and missed another two times to get that ball into the net, She never once showed any sign of wavering in trying to succeed, even though she was clearly having no luck with this exercise. After her class, I applauded her for being so determined to get that ball in the net. But I also had a question for her. Why didn't she just swim to the front of the net, where she could have had an easier time shooting the ball? As soon as I asked her this, she gave me the sheepish smile now realizing she had made the task harder for herself simply because of where she chose to take the shot. In addition to being one of those moments you remember as a parent, I wanted to share it with you because of how her example reflects that singular focus all of us develop, where we get so fixated on taking one particular route to achieve a given objective that making a small change, like shifting how we approach a problem or situation, becomes a challenging prospect. Of course, part of the problem is that fear all of us experience at one point or another with attempting something different, mostly because we fear it might lead us to failure. The reality, of course, is that failures, both small and significant ones, are inevitable and remain par for the course of operating within today's uncertain business environment. And honestly, we need to understand that we're not going back to that pre-2019 normal way of doing things, but we are going to have to learn a new way for how we do business and how we lead. And as this story about my daughter's experience throwing that ball into the net demonstrates, that means not only getting comfortable with changing our approach towards achieving our goals, but making sure we're creating an environment where we're able to learn from our failures going forward towards finding that new way. So with this in mind, I'd like to share four steps you can take to make sure you're creating that kind of environment for your employees where they are able to learn from failure while still keeping their eyes forward on reaching their objectives. The first step is to keep your team's focus on the end goal and not on individual outcomes. As most of us know, it's easy to become frustrated when we keep experiencing failures which prevent us from reaching our goals. One of the reasons for this is that we've learned from our past experiences and from what we see online and in the media that being successful means reaching a given target in as few attempts as possible. A big reason why those get-rich-quick schemes remain very popular despite common sense debunking the reality of their claims. It's also no doubt why the story of how many failures Thomas Edison endured before creating his light bulb prototype still stirs our collective imagination, as it's hard to imagine that success could occur after hundreds of failed attempts. Of course, the key learning point from Edison's story is that he was less concerned about individual outcomes as he was about reaching his goal of creating a longer-lasting light bulb. So, While leaders should encourage their team to achieve some quick wins to keep them motivated, it's also critical that leaders direct their team to worry less about individual outcomes and get them to focus instead on reaching the desired goal behind their shared efforts. The second step is to make time to review and assess what issues or obstacles have popped up as a result of your team's efforts. I've been noticing lately a resurgence in articles speaking of the importance of failing fast in the context of innovation and change. While there is some merit to this notion, the problem is that it's too easy for leaders and organizations to focus on failing quickly than allowing their team to fail effectively. By this, I'm referring to giving your team time to reflect and review on why the desired outcome wasn't reached in order to understand why they encountered the roadblocks they did. By making time for such measures, your team can adjust their approach in order to resolve these issues while maintaining their sights on the end goal. In the case of my daughter's swimming lesson, she kept throwing the ball without evaluating why she was having such a hard time getting it into the net. While she changed certain variables, like throwing the ball harder or changing her distance from the net, This only resulted in the ball going further away from her target. Had she taken the time to examine the situation, she would have come to the same conclusion I had that she should shift her position to throw from the front of the net and not from the side in order to succeed in getting the ball into the net. The third step is to make sure you're encouraging a sense of determination within your team. It's important to remember that just because you're failing fast doesn't mean you're going to reach your target faster. As such, a more important message you should be communicating to your team is to encourage a sense of determination in achieving your shared goal. This will help your employees to hang in there for the long haul and not give up so soon simply because of those early failures that are preventing them from making as much progress as they might have hoped for. For some employees, this type of motivational drive comes naturally, and as such, they remain unwavering in their efforts despite whatever setbacks come their way. For others, these failures can be a source of frustration and discouragement. It can even leave some of them doubting they have the abilities or competencies to help the team succeed. That's why it's important that you make time to encourage your employees to ignore these setbacks and to keep at it, reminding them of that first step. Of focusing more on the end goal than on the individual outcomes. And finally, the fourth step is one that's especially pertinent right now, and one I've reminded myself on more than one occasion over the past two years, and that is to not worry about the things you can't control. Whether it's in your work life or your personal life, whenever we find ourselves facing obstacles that prevent us from reaching our goals, It's a common response to start worrying mostly about those aspects that we have no control over. While worrying about the things we have no control over is a self-protective response when faced with uncertainty, it unfortunately ends up steering us away from taking any steps to address the things we can do something about to help us overcome our present failures and get back on track. And let's be honest here. There are several external factors that we can all point to as reasons for why we've encountered some failure or why we're not succeeding in our goals. But here's the thing. The reason why some organizations seem to not only have an easier time navigating these uncertain waters, but are actually thriving despite them, is because they've chosen to ignore those factors or variables for which they have no control over. And instead, they're opting to focus On what areas they can take on and change in order to address the setbacks they've encountered so that they can keep pressing ahead with their plans. In a time where we celebrate winners and winning outcomes, it's only natural that some leaders will focus on easy wins over taking on risky approaches for growth that could lead to failure. However, by treating failure as an opportunity to learn how to do better going forward, leaders create an environment where employees are better equipped to address the challenges of today and the opportunities of tomorrow. And on that note, we reached the end of yet another Leadership Espresso shot. I hope you enjoyed this story and the four steps I shared on how we can learn from failure so it becomes something we don't avoid but something we deal with as we move ahead with our goals. As I mentioned, this is something I love to do in my keynotes and corporate training sessions. And if you'd like to learn more about that, please visit my website at tavernasir.com to learn more. And if you're enjoying my podcast, and I hope that you are, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to my podcast so you can catch our latest episodes and also have the chance to check out our past episodes where we cover many timely issues around leadership and how you can improve your craft. If you go to our podcast page at tavernasir.com slash LBC, you'll find links to subscribe to our podcast on all the major platforms, as well as links to our show notes. Now, before I wrap up this episode, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you're enjoying my podcast, I'd appreciate it if you could rate our podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to our show that supports listener ratings and reviews. It's a fast and easy way for you to support our podcast and also let us know what you think. I'm Tavon Nasir, and you've been listening to Leadership Biz Cafe.